Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Jessica Max had hit the windshield, killing her instantly. Her spirit hovered for a few moments, making the adjustment, before detaching from her body and rising higher and higher above the cliff, high enough to see the twisted guardrail where the Camry had gone airborne, rolling over and over until it came to rest at the bottom of the steep canyon, high enough to see the driver of the 18-wheeler they had hit park his big rig on the shoulder of the highway and jump down from the cab his yellow slicker, a neon point of color in the night. This is G.P. Gottlieb, host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. And today I'm talking with Sheila Lowe, forensic and psychological handwriting analyst, author of several nonfiction books, and author of the Claudia Rose Mystery Series. Today we're talking about her new series, Beyond the Veil, a psychological paranoia Paranormal Suspense, the first of which was published in 2013. In what she saw, Jessica wakes up on a train with no idea about her identity and embarks on a terrifying roller coaster of suspense. Now, it's five years later, and the voices she heard back then have started to overwhelm her. With the guidance of some colorful characters, Jessica learns how to relay messages to those who've lost loved ones. But will the voices of the dead help when she's asked to find a missing, possibly living child? Although gruesome behavior is alluded to, this is a paranormal mystery that focuses on finding one's strength, listening carefully, and acting in a way that defines you the way you'd like to be defined. Hi, Sheila. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much, Kelly. Great to be here. So your first book in the series was published in 2013. It's about a woman who wakes up not knowing who she is. Can you explain how you decided to continue the series and endow the same protagonist with the ability to hear voices? Um, Actually, I never expected it to be a series. When I wrote that book, it was a standalone because... I had um, 
not had my contract with Penguin renewed. And so the agent that I had at the time said, no big publisher is going to, to take up a series in the middle. And so um, I, you know, I wasn't quite sure what to do. So I wrote this standalone with a couple of themes that I'd always been very interested in pursuing. And I brought my series character, Claudia Rose, and some of her friends into the book in a minor role. And so it was a standalone, and I, yeah, it did very well. But several years later, I had picked up my series with, a, with another publisher, and um, I wanted to write a book about spirit. Because of my daughter's death in 2000, she was killed by her boyfriend, and um, it was a murder-suicide. And that got me interested in the spirit world. And um, I'd always thought I would write a book about her, but it was just too hard, you know, because her story did not have a happy ending. But I wanted to write about spirit, and it was something I'd been exploring for many years. And then my boyfriend died, and it kind of brought it all back front and center. And so then it occurred to me I could write a book about spirit that doesn't have to be about them. It could be a fiction, but talking about real spirit world stuff that could maybe help people. And so I started thinking about it. And I'm a psychic junkie. <laughs> I go to mediums um, quite frequently. And at, around that time, I had three different readings with different people who did not know me, didn't know anything about me, who independently said that my daughter was going to be working with me from the spirit world on a book. And I thought, wow, that's great. This must be the book, um, which was called Proof of Life. And um, <clears throat> as I started thinking about the book, it suddenly occurred to me that Jessica, from what she saw, would be the perfect protagonist. She had to be in this book. And then there's a character from my last Claudia Rose book at the time who I realized had to be her love interest. So that was how the second book came about. And so the first book, what she saw is not a spiritual book in that way, but so I'm, but it's her, it's Jessica's story. So I'm calling it the prequel. Mm -hmm. I, I've read several of the Claudia Rose. I've enjoyed several of the Claudia Rose books. So it was, really fun for me to see Claudia show up in Proof of Life. Can you say a little about her and what she does for a living? Well, Claudia's uh, career mir mirrors mine. I am not Claudia. People ask me that all the time, but I'm not Claudia. But she is a forensic document examiner, a handwriting analyst. And those are two different aspects of the same field of handwriting. And hand handwriting analysis for personality assessment. Like today I posted um, Johnny Depp's handwriting and yesterday Amber, yesterday Amber Heard's and talk about the, what their handwriting shows about their personality. So that's the first, that was the first 20 years of my career. And then I went into document examination, which is using handwriting to determine who wrote something. So uh, it's handwriting authentication and I testify in court in cases of forgery. And Claudia does the same kind of work. She's a lot younger than me because when I started writing her, I was way younger. And so she's in her early 40s, a single modern woman with all of the sources, the stuff that uh, modern young women have to deal with.
Oh, wow. Well, Sheila, I will admit for the New Books Network audience that I follow you on Facebook, so I already know a lot about your life. And But I can't say how often how how sad and difficult it must have been for you to your I am so sorry for your loss all those years ago, but how wonderful that you were able to turn that into this amazing series. And Jessica is really a fabulous character. She's your protagonist in both books. Who is she and what, who is she? What does she mean to you? Um, yeah, Jessica, I, I really love Jessica. And she reminds me in many ways a lot of my daughter. Jennifer was her name. And um, I do feel that Jennifer, I mean, it's not like she took over and wrote the story for me. That would have been a lot easier. But there were times when I just couldn't figure something out and I would ask her to help me. And it was like getting an immediate download of information, uh, which is not your question. But um, Jessica, I don't know, she's, you know, she's got this I'm not going to call it a skill, a gift. She wouldn't look at it as a gift. She looks at it as a curse. But because of something that happened to her earlier, she's get, you know, it's opened up a different part of her, her brain. And so she's hearing dead people. Um, Although dead is kind of a misnomer because what I learned from my daughter is there is no death. There's life after earth. So what I've learned is that you close your eyes to this life, you open them, and it's like you just woke up and you're in another life that's very much like this one, only way better. So Jessica is learning to navigate all of that and how to, how to control it because, you know, you've got these people asking you for stuff all the time. They're not bad people. They just really want to get through to their relatives and tell them they're okay. It's I kind of think of it like if you go away somewhere, let's say you go to Europe or Israel or anywhere, even, you know, in the United States. And when you get there, one of the first things you do, if you're anything like me, is you pick up the phone and you call your kids and say, I got here, I'm safe, right? So that's what the people in the other world, you know, on the other side, they, they come through. If they see somebody who can act as a medium that they can get a message through to their loved ones, they're going to use it. So that it, that could drive you crazy if you can't turn it off. And so Jessica has to learn how to control it. It was amazing when Jessica was able to help attempt, to, when she attempted to help the FBI. Why doesn't it happen more in real life? Or does it? We just don't know. But shouldn't anyone be able to get messages from the dead and report them to the police. Could you make a, like a public service announcement about it? Um, anybody can do it. I don't know if you'd want to go to the police because they probably wouldn't take you seriously unless you were somebody who was known to them that specialized in that. And they do have people who, who are very good at doing that, who have very good skills. But anybody can learn how to communicate with people that have crossed over there's lots of resources and I put some of them in the back of uh, proof of life. Yeah. So um, 
may, I, I'm going to think about it. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I don't know well, if I want to. You don't want to. You have to. You have to learn to protect yourself because, just like here, you know, if you leave your front door open and you live in a neighborhood where there's some people out there that you don't want to come in your house, not a good idea. And just the same thing. Not everybody on the other side. Just once you go over there, it's not like you suddenly uh, become an angel. So there are people on the other side who are that you don't want to be in your energy and in your space. So you have to learn how to do protection. And although not everybody agrees with that, some people say you don't. It depends who you listen to. But um, they tell me, and, and I don't do this myself, but they tell me that meditation is the key and learning how to meditate and open yourself. But you don't even have to do that. You can talk to your people right now. You don't have to do anything special. Just talk to them and ask them to show you signs and they'll show you stuff. You know, they'll let you know that, that they, they, they might do it through um, flickering the lights or turning a radio station while you're listening to it, to some song that was important to you or any number of things. It's, it's not a Jessica, your, your character, Jessica has what she calls, she calls them episodes and her clue that she's going to get information like that just before it happens is a shrieking noise in her ear. Can you say more? Um, yeah, I actually took that from my, my experience, not with the spirit world, but um, I used to have that all of a sudden I'd hear this, this high pitched whistling and then everything would go black, but I didn't actually lose consciousness, but they thought I had epilepsy but they never did figure out what it was, but it came after I had a blow to the head. So in Jessica's case, she really has a full blackout. And, and I think what happens to her is not common and it, you know, it's fiction. So when she wakes up, she's usually in some place else where that she didn't mean to be, or she's done something that she didn't know she was doing. Yeah. She also feels vibrations near her face. Is, is that something that ever happened to you? Um, I get tingly feelings in my head at certain times. And I, I feel that I believe that's evidence that a spirit is around me. Ah, so uh, Jessica meets the Reverend Bella Bingham, who gives her a lot of really important information. Could you say more about her? Bella? Yeah, Bella reminds me a lot of a, of a woman that I know who does the same kind of work. She's, like, she's a, a reverend and leads a congregation and is um, a spirit medium herself. So uh, the man in, that Jessica meets introduces her to Bella and she becomes, Jessica becomes like her protege. So she teaches her how to get better control over what you know what is going on with her she, she's a mentor and she's a good one i think and um jessica the man who introduces her to bella is a guy named sage how is he important to the story oh i think just sage they're they are um kindred spirits they just recognize each other on a soul level and he's i have i have somebody in mind for that, you know, that I think of that that looks like him. Uh, I don't know if you watch Grey's Anatomy, but um, what's his name? Jesse. Oh, he just left the show too. 
now I can't think of his name. I don't watch it, so I don't know. But okay, but so you already imagine who's going to play the role of Sage in the movie. And, and also, <laughs> okay. Jessica, um, I have somebody in mind for her too. Who's that? <laughs> and, Do tell. Uh, yeah, if I could, if I wasn't completely blanking, wait a second. If you could think of her name. Okay, that's all right. It's, um, but her name is Juno Temple. Oh my goodness! You know she's yes. yeah she's from Ted Lasso, right? I don't not I mean yes. I don't know I've never seen that but I saw her in a movie and uh, um and I just felt like oh there's Jessica. Wow! So the name Sage is he is he a sage? Is he a wise? <laughs> That's a good one. Person? That's really good. I hadn't even thought of that. But yes, he is very wise and very spiritual too. So yeah. So Bella, the reverend, explains to Jessica about the Claire's. Uh, there's a lot of Claire's. Can you do a brief explanation? Yeah. Uh, most people have heard of um, some of the Claire's, like uh, Claire audience, clairvoyance, most people know. And that just, Claire is just means the word clear. So Claire audience and audio is a hearing. So that's clear hearing. And clairvoyance is clear seeing. It means, you know, you're seeing something that's beyond what the physical eyes and ears can hear. There's, um, what else is? I said, cognizance. Clear cognizance. Yeah, that's that's like your intuition. You know something without knowing how you know it. Uh, you get it. Okay. Clairsalience. Um, clairsalience is, um, that has to do with smelling. So, after my daughter died, like a few days later, it may have even been before the funeral, um, I suddenly got a very strong sense of the perfume that she wore. So that would be Claire Salience. It might be a flower. It could be any number of things. Um, um, wow. <laughs> there was, a, was there a fifth one that I missed? Um, I think Claire Gustance or Gustance. Right. Mm -hmm. that's, What's that? That has to do with tasting. Like if you suddenly taste something um that that is familiar to you that has to do with somebody on the other side that might tell you that they're around oh that's interesting yeah because you know gustation is is about tasting mm -hmm. so claire gustance clear, clear. no i just i didn't understand how what how you would taste something and then how that would connect you to this connect to the spirit world well but that, that makes sense you with somebody specific you know that that you maybe i don't know what's what kind of strong or unusual chocolate like chocolate. chocolate okay well <laughs> if you're not eating chocolate and somebody you knew loved chocolate and suddenly you taste it then that might be an indicator that they were around or i might s smell um, a certain pipe smoke that my father used to smoke things like that Mm, okay. Um, Jay is a minor character based on another person. Can, can you say more about who he is and what he does for the story? Yes, Jay. Well, I mentioned that my boyfriend had died just when I was thinking about this book. Um, and his middle name was Jay. And oh. I, was, I was writing a scene. And all of a sudden, in my head, very strongly... My boyfriend, whose name was actually Arnie, came riding up on his bicycle at the beach. Now, that was something that he liked to do a lot. 
And, and I could just see him doing this in my head. And I go, okay, you want to be in the book? I'll put you in the book. And so I, I put him in the scene with Jessica. And much later, I was driving along and all of a sudden, same thing. Same exact thing. And I said, Arnie, if you're going to be in here again, I can't just put, there has to be a good reason. Because when you're writing a book, especially a mystery, every scene, every word has got to lead the story forward. So if you're going to be in it, there's got to be a good reason. I don't know what it would be. And about 30 seconds later, I get this really good reason for his being there. It was just like a download. So I put it in. And he's wow. There. Okay. <laughs> um, the reporters who hound the parents of missing children, you portray them as absolutely evil. Can, can, what do you think? Can you say more? Well, you know, I, I didn't have that kind of thing when Jennifer was killed, mainly because she lived 100 miles away. And they probably didn't know, but I did have some of them calling me and asking questions. And, you know, we see this in the media. I mean, you just have to look at the news when any horrible thing happens. They're there and they want their story. And, you know, that saying, if it bleeds, it leads. That's, that's what sells, not newspapers anymore, but um, it sells media. So I think that's, that's what they do. It's their job. So not evil, just doing their jobs. Yeah, I, I mean, some of them are evil. <laughs> there are certainly evil reporters, but uh, not mainstream ones. So now you have this series going on. Will you go back to the Claudia Rose? What's Is there another book in the series, and, and what's next for you? I am currently working on the next book, and the Jessica series, the Beyond the Veil series, and it's called The Last Door. And uh, so it's it, <laughs> the next the next adventures of uh, Jessica. And I, I would tell you the the first line in the book so far. It could change, but right now here's here's the first line. The news landed like a drone strike, exploding everything Jessica Mack knew about her life. Oh, so I'm mm -hmm. about 60% done. Mm. And I just, I just made a research trip this week up, up the coast, about 200 miles. I saw that on Facebook and your research involved sitting in a great looking cafe overlooking the ocean with a glass. Was it a Chablis? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, my sister and I went up there and, and then her, my, she's my half sister and she has a cousin who lives in San Jose and she came down and we all got together. We went to this place called Nepenthe and it's been there for a long time because the last time I was there was 1968 and I was 18. I bought a pair of earrings there. They were these dangly earrings with a yellow ball on the end like crystal and I loved them. And one of them got lost, and I guess the other one got thrown away. And I thought, well, they're not going to have the same earrings, but but I'm going to go back there. And we had it, the weather was perfect. We had the view of the ocean. It was a wonderful day. So now, and you know, wait, when you the earrings? Did you find earrings? I didn't. 
and I don't care anymore. You know, I, I'm hard, I'm a hermit. I hardly ever wear earrings, so it didn't matter. But oh, oh, okay. So it was, it was it's just great. not a sad ending. It's a good ending. <laughs> no, it was, it was fine. And you know, whenever I take a trip and I can work it into the book, I can write it off. So ah, there you go. Wow, Sheila, I sat down and read Proof of Life in an afternoon. Couldn't put it down. So thank you. It was a lovely, <laughs> I can't wait for the next one. Uh, let me know. Let, you'll tell everyone on Facebook, right? Of course. So we'll all know. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. It's my pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for joining me today. Again, this is GP Gottlieb, author of the Whipped and Sipped Mystery Series and host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. Today, I've been talking to author Sheila Lowe about Proof of Life, the second in her Beyond the Veil paranormal suspense series. Hope you're all able to lose yourself in a good book today and tomorrow too. Happy reading.